everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Corey Ballmeister, and this week we are joined by, well, our host every week, none other than Brad Nelson. What is up, my brother? Well, you know, uh, not much, not much. Yeah, uh, it, it feels good to be in this role on the Bash Bros Podcast, shaking things up, liven things up. Yeah, you weren't very good at the other role, so we thought we'd mix it up a little bit this week and, you know, uh, uh, just switch it up. The, the, the weird thing that I've been struggling with for 10 years, and a lot of people call it imposter syndrome, I actually uh-huh. call it, why the hell does anyone listen to me? I'm bad at everything. Yeah, why? yeah. I mean, it's only the it's only a syndrome if it's not true, right? So. Yes, yes, yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's only a syndrome if it's in my head. <laughs> exactly. But if it's, it's actually not, just correcting it's just factual that I am shit at everything. Exactly. And so are you saying you have finally, you know, went down or you're on your way up of the slope of enlightenment on, you know, that topic or? Yeah, along with everything else in 2020, I have just accepted reality. Okay, okay. Well, the reality that all our listeners can accept right now is that you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And Brad, guess what? Uh, also on aisle seven. I no, 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 no. They they took us out. You you let me know that time the last time that they took us off of aisle seven. But something else that's really exciting. What else is really exciting? We have a very special guest, like we do every single Ooh, week. Tell but, me more. Oh, yeah. So this week, since we are talking about the Mythic Invitational, getting ready for that this coming up this coming up weekend, we have none other than one of the other 62 competitors. And that's not other than Brian Brown doing. How are you doing, BBD? Great. I am doing wonderful. It, it, it is a privilege to be invited to be on the... Bash Check notes, bro, bros, <laughs> bros podcast. So thank you so yeah. much for inviting me here. Uh, really appreciate all the effort that you guys do on this podcast. And uh, yes. yeah, it, it's just it's just wonderful to be a part of it. Finally. Um, so, yeah, just th- thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to a great cast with you two uh, gentlemen who are definitely great at everything you do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Are you talking about Brad as well? Because he just, you know, confessed that he is not great at everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for taking uh, time out of your busy schedule, Brian. I know you were testing for this Mythic Invitational nonstop from what I hear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every waking hour. (laughs) (laughs) I do sleep 21 hours a day, though. So, I, oh, wow. So you get three hours of testing in or do you well, like no, eat no, for no, two, two hours? You, you two, hours eat. two hours clearly to watch a Marvel movie. Yeah, I did. I did watch <laughs> Thor and Thor the Dark World last night. I'd never seen either of them. So and you slept 20, 21 hours. I don't even think those movies combined are three oh, hours you sleep oh, through the dark world. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that's, that's not for watching movie. That's for sleeping movie. Yeah. Uh, OK, a Netflix and chill movie. I get it. OK. All right. Actually, so they were, neither of them were as bad as I was led to believe. They were both fine movies. But so I mean, you would say that they are Disney plus, not Disney media minus. Uh, I would say that they're like Disney additional. I don't know if I would say plus, but wait, are you actually talking about the original Thor? Because the original Thor was great. I uh, love that movie. Yeah, I thought. I thought. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Thor one and then Thor: The Dark World. Uh, both yeah, of those. Okay. I thought... Thor two was uh, a, a little less than you know amazing, but 
I thought it was fine. Like it was very, uh, very, very much a cookie cutter movie. But okay. it wasn't like I, I thought it was going to be like cringy bad. I didn't think it was cringy bad. No, that's DC movies. Maybe like, it's because I haven't. Ooh, dark. Maybe it's because <laughs> I haven't seen a movie in like 14 years. It feels like, and I'm just like, any movie is amazing. But yeah, no kidding. I haven't went to a movie since like early March. Uh, yeah, I, I miss it. That's for sure. Yeah, Knives Out was the last movie we went to, and that was like on their like opening weekend. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that brings us to our topic today, which is going to the movies again, and uh, we're all pretty excited about it. Well, before we do that, why don't we talk about <laughs> the wonderful tournaments on MTG Melee from this past oh, weekend? Oh, because we are indeed sponsored by MTG Melee, the official podcast of MTG Melee. So the one past event that we have um, for this week is the SCG Championship Qualifier that was historic. And now, Brad, I, I know you were talking about playing it, but you never did, did you? The no, I uh, I so I was gonna try qualifying for it, but I really, yeah, they had a long weekend with SCG, so there's no qualifiers on Thursday. So oh. by, by the time we got done recording the podcast, there was no longer an opportunity for me to qualify, and I'm not just saying that, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this might have been got... like a good tournament, but I would hardly classify it as like historic. No, that was the format, Brian. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, no, no. And I mean, it was a pretty historic uh, tournament. Tanningrams, uh, top eight, at, I want to say his third or fourth one, and took this one down with Jun Sacrifice. But the list is not your normal Jun, Coco, Bolas Citadel at the top that we've been seeing a lot of. It is just straight Jun food. You know, I mean, it we looks, have... It looks like straight from Mythic Championship 7. It really does. I mean, this looks like BBD's Mythic Championship uh, list with Korvald, except minus you get to losses. play. Yeah, minus the losses, except you get to play probably the best card for this archetype, and that's Frexian Tower. I think that card is just unreal. Yeah, Frexian Tower, and you get Thoughtseize. Um, mm, and, yeah. and the one the one thing to note here is this this version is not a collected company variant, which almost every other Gen Sacrifice deck exclusively plays collected company. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with that, you're able to play more of the Trella Crumbs, Thoughtseize stuff, and you're not relying on making sure you have such high impact Coco targets. Oh, yeah, because I, I know nothing pisses me off more than when I Coco and all I hit is Witch's Oven and Trella Crumbs. It just that really why, grinds that's my why gears, you, just you know, go with the OG Fruity Pebbles and not the Coco version. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah. So outside of this, um, pretty standard list. I mean, four Mayhem Devil, four Colder Unfamiliar, Goose, Woe Strider, Korvald. Murderous Rider, um, really just pretty standard stuff. But honestly, I watched the top eight. He just destroyed everyone. It, it didn't look particularly close. Like the first game I watched, he just mulled the five on the play and just easily won against a Goblins player. And I, I bet that's one of the main reasons to play this deck is just Mayhem Devil lines up so well whoa, against whoa, the Goblins whoa, whoa. deck. You are, you are the... You're the host for the show because we're the experts that played the format. You're you're supposed to ask us these questions. Oh, okay. Hey, Mr. Brad Nelson, why do you yes. think Tanningrams played this kind of Jun sacrifice list? Oh, mayhem because devil. it on goblins because of mayhem devil? <laughs> yeah, it's mayhem devil for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Interesting. I guess because is it, why mayhem devil? Does it like, you know, ping creatures that matter or? Yeah, it pings. So the reason mayhem devil is so good is that it can deal one damage. And um, there's a lot of creatures that matter in the format that die to damage being dealt to them. 
Oh, including isn't players, don't they die to, to damage if there's enough damage on a player? They can. Yeah, I, they can. I, I'm oh. just glad that neither of you trolled me and I'm just going to out myself here. Yeah. So so a long time ago at like a Grand Prix in Atlantic City, they did like a, a one of the walking the planes and they like interviewed everyone. They did got a little sound bit from everyone that top aided. Okay. My, mine was I'm playing pedal to the metal because I ping all the things. Okay. And Amber just has never let that go. <laughs> she just says it all the time. Like anytime I say, like you know, I pinged this thing. He's like, she's like, that's because you ping all the things, baby. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> wow, wow, I like it. Please, I like it. Well, please don't yeah. ping my things. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, at well, least you made it to that tournament. I mean, it must not have been out of the country, then, huh? It was not out of the country, even though Atlantic City oh, does feel out. Otherworldly. Um, I, I mean, yeah, anything feels uh, otherworldly right now yeah. for all of us. So, the Bash Bros podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite Two sleeves to the deck bot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. Wow. So we do have a second um, recent event. I did not put this on the list because I forgot, but that does not take away from the amazing organization that is MTG Arena Zone. They just had another historic open this past weekend and oh. Gruel Agro in the hands of Dominic Ahrens took down first place, which is you know quite surprising when it comes to the historic format. Not really a strategy we've all talked about. I'm posting the deck list in the group right now. What do y'all think okay. of Gruel Agro? Whoa, Brad, Brad, Brad. You're the expert. That's my job, okay? Shit, you're right. Okay, so yeah, it was taken down by Gruel Agro. What do you guys think about Gruel Agro and Historic, though? Well, I, you know, I think there's a lot of, like, one toughness creatures in the format, and Bone Crusher Giant deals two damage to them. Mm. So. Oh, you can just stomp all the things. Yeah, you stomp all the things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. I need to get a soundboard of you doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, honestly, though, do you guys think this is a good deck or just one, like, because it's a small tournament, it's proactive? Plays collected company, has some ember cleaves, and then just nine, they did go nine on one. I saw their matchups. They did play a few, like I would say tier two or three strategies along the way. They did beat some real strategies. Oh, they played yeah, they played against Kethis combo at some point? Uh, no, no, they didn't no say tier five. They didn't have to play Kethis combo. We didn't okay. say tier five, Brian. Kethis is completely dead and it's not coming back from tier the graveyard. Four. No matter how many legends not you are exiling, that shit's not coming back so, to so, uh, so, anything. So. so I think of tiers as like an elevator in a building, right? T tier one is like the 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 suite at the top. Yeah, but they call those floors, bro. <laughs> I know. Also, but that's also elevators go the opposite way, where the first floor is number one. The top. Well, actually, floor the is first like... floor is lobby. I don't know well, if you guys haven't been to hotels we'll just, for a while. We'll just, yeah, all right, we'll scratch this one. Um, yeah, uh, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna say that I'm not the biggest fan of Gruel. Um, I don't think it'll be highly played this weekend, and yeah. it's mostly just a linear aggressive deck that um, <coughs> I bet isn't isn't that good against like goblins and things. But uh, yeah, but also the weird thing is is goblins has kind of been from so 
it seems like goblins was like this tier two or fringe style deck or like, you know, fifth deck in the metagame. But I, I'm personally under the impression that, and we've been seeing it on Twitter, that the deck is actually just the one of the best decks in the format and that oh, for the sure. in the Mythic Invitational, we're going to know that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we're trending to. So seeing that this deck do well and there's not a lot of goblins in the for, in this metagame, um, I mean, a decent amount, but uh, like, I think it's going to be the most played deck come, this coming weekend, whereas in most yeah. of these tournaments, it was like the third, fourth, fifth most played deck. I think yeah, Goblins I totally is the best deck in the format by a significant margin, and I think the deck is obscene. That's my yeah, take. I, think, I do think Muxus is just the best card in the format, too. Um, I don't care how many things you can ping with Mayhem Devil. I do think just it doesn't matter when you play Muxus half the time. Yeah, the one thing I, I just want to point out about this list, though, which is hilarious, is just two Pelt Collectors, which has just been historically... Oh, he said it. It's been historically, like, the best Gruel card ever, and there's only playing two. That just seems crazy to me. Corey, are you just doing this podcast? Are you playing all three roles of the podcast by yourself? Yeah, you know, I, I, I really wanted to up my commentary role. I wanted to do the play-by-play -play and, you know, the expert role. So I'll, I'll piece you guys in, you know, when I can, but it's not going to be much. I'm actually going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out there, though, on, on that argument and go against it. I okay. actually really like the idea of only playing two pal collectors because it's a love start beast deck. I was, one of yeah. the decks I was testing a lot for this tournament um, was a version of Mono Green that didn't even play all four Cocos. It was really cool. It had... Uh, we were debating between two and three Cocos, but your other non-Coco hits were just Vivian Reed or Vivian for four. Yeah. Um, and then a few trees, whatever the uh, the tree. Uh, Brad, I believe you've been hanging out in Washington too much. You got trees on the brain. Why do you keep calling it tree? Just call it the Great Henge. Yeah, well, I can't remember the name. There's was, a tree on the Great Henge? But the Great yeah, Henge like, is a tree. Tree, oh. tree just, when I hear tree, I do not think of the Great Henge. It's like, that's not even well, like. No, I, it's mm -hmm. screwed up because Javier calls it tree, and how my brain works is now I only see, think tree. I, can't, I Like, he pushed the Great Henge out of my brain. My brain can only hold so many magic cards, and so whenever somebody gives me a second name for a card, it pushes the old one out. Gotcha. And that's why Brad has been pushed out from the host role to the expert role. <laughs> yeah, I can't do things. But on my point, um, playing collected company decks with uh, both Len Rose and Pell Collector makes your hits really stink sometimes. So, yeah, like just like lowering the number of Pell Collectors increases your chances of hitting at least something high, more high impact Cocos. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of like that, especially since you already have the Love Stark Beast um, turn one play of Heart's Desire. Plus, and like just Lanamore Elves, you know. Not, you don't really want to, Elves. I don't think yeah. you even want to play a Pell Collector on turn one that often, right? Like you'd rather play Lanamore Elves if you. Well, have I mean, you want to you want to yeah. play Pell Collector if you just have like a bunch of two drops, then it's going to be better to play Pell Collector into Robber the Rich than you know Pell Collector. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, know. if you yeah, have I, a one, I, if you have a one two three curve, sure, but there's a lot like you know, if you have a one one three curve, then you'd. You know, you'd rather have a land where elf or something. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, well, yeah, I think we can just all agree Gruel uh, looks pretty medium and probably is not going to be a huge part of uh, <laughs> but, uh, the mythic invitation. Dominic for winning the tournament. Yeah, we're, yes, like, yeah, yeah. We're, like, we're like, hey, uh, took down this tournament. Gruel had a great record, and then it's like five minutes later. <laughs> well, we can all agree that Gruel sucks. <laughs> we, Can't we, we can agree that. Ever we can play agree. that deck. Yeah. <laughs> we can agree that Gruel is medium, but Dominic is top tier. Yeah. I'm so nice. he's at the he's at the top of the elevator or the bottom of the elevator? I'm confused. 
Well, the bottom is lobby, so he's not lobby tier. That's gotcha. cruel. He is probably the sweet, sweet tier. I mean, here's the pro- here's the problem with saying that gruel is bad for us and making a joke about this. We're mm-hmm. also playing decks that are probably worse than gruel. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, I don't know. My deck is definitely not better nor worse than Gruel, so I I can't really talk from my perspective. Yeah, you, you you're uh, you're you're in that soft hand seat. Where yes. You just get to talk about all the cards. <laughs> don't have to worry. Exactly. But speaking of talking about the cards, the event we're talking about is the Mythic Invitational that's going to uh, be this weekend. And <clears throat> yes, Brian. It's it's uh, it's actually Mythic Mythic Invitational. Mythic. In, that's not how you spell invitational. It's invitational. Oh, is it? Okay. So uh, that's not what I was led to believe because I received an email that said that we were actually competitors in the Mythic Invitational uh, uh, recently. Okay. So, uh, care to elaborate? Uh, yeah. So hopefully, is it just uh, a typo, and that's the whole thing, and we're we're making no. a big deal about it? No, uh, it is okay. just a typo. It is making a, a big deal out of it. <laughs> So they provided us with fully stocked accounts for this event. And okay. uh, invitational is somewhere in the name. Yeah. It, everyone has invitational somewhere in the name of their fully stocked account. Okay. And they spelled it wrong. <laughs> for, wait, so what would show up on your like bottom left hand corner of your match? It was just spelled wrong for everyone. No, no, it's spelled oh. right in the client, but okay, okay. nobody could log into their accounts because they just spelled it wrong. When they were giving no. us. You'd copy paste and it was wrong. And then like yeah. I successfully troubleshot without asking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so yeah, it was funny. A lot of people could not wow. log into their accounts for this tournament for a while because they type of their account names for everyone. <laughs> we're and, all uh, professionals here. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was, it just kind of was like a thing. So, um, I mean, nobody was really making a big deal about it because it's just a typo. It's not like a big deal, but I just, I just yeah. thought it was really funny. And, uh, so we're, we are in a discord <laughs> server for the mythic invitational <laughs> and there's just a channel in there for players to communicate with each other. And Brad, like nobody says anything in that channel for like days and days. And finally, Brad just makes like a cheesy joke to start the conversation off. And, and I'm like, instead of saying saying first, like everyone does in a a group, you know? Yeah. I just went second because I can't get first. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I like it. So I was like, all right, well, I've been sitting on this joke for a long time. So I'm like, finally, this is my cue to actually say something. So I just said, you know, good luck to everyone in the mythic invitation anal and just replace every vowel with an A. So <laughs> just try to try wow. to be like a just a super well-meaning message, you know, like, hey, I wish everyone best of luck or whatever. But yeah. I couldn't, you know the me- couldn't escape <laughs> you know the, the digs too. So You know the meme that I can only think about with this? It's like that meme that's like nobody. Absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody (laughs) at all. And then Brian announces typo (laughs) on a podcast, (laughs) tweets it, makes jokes in a Discord. (laughs) Right, yeah. I just I I blew up their spot as it were, so Wow. Okay. Do you feel do you feel good about yourself that you stopped me to make that joke? I don't actually. I feel horrible about myself. 
Okay. Well, you know, I still laugh, so it worked. So all right. <laughs> all right, everyone. So our topic today is gonna be the the mythic invitational. And we are going to be I'm gonna be picking your guys' brain, basically. I just wanna hear what decks you're playing, why you did it, what your expected record's gonna be, Brian, what you're gonna be doing on Friday, you know, the normal stuff. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Both yes. Brian and I have not made day two of all of the tournaments. Don't you better lump me in with him. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, Brad and Brian, what are you gonna be doing on your lovely Friday? Well, I'm definitely gonna have Friday off. That's that's almost a guarantee at this point. But <laughs> so I end up deciding to play Kethis. Okay. Uh Wait, and Kethis combo. Okay. Uh the hidden hand. Uh I basically locked in on the deck right away because i just i just like the deck i kind of i just enjoy playing it and um i mean for a long time i i, I kept basically bugging brad i'm like is kethis a deck in historic and he kept saying like no it's not a deck in historic and i'm like well why not like it's like a fast combo deck uh, you know relatively fast combo deck it feels like it should be a deck that's good in the format yeah, and he'd always give me like answers, reasons why I I don't remember them because I tuned them out. Well, I, um, I, tried, I, I tried some like weaker versions of the deck. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it. I haven't seen it on the ladder at all when I've been playing it, and I I played a ton of testing as well. But you were yeah. having good results. Uh I was having results with the deck. <laughs> um, so did you test? I did test actually. Yeah, I I, I didn't test. Like I don't want to say I tested a lot, but I did. I did test a reasonable amount. I got from well, I got from bronze to platinum. That was the extent of my testing. Hey, uh, that's a lot of matches. So yeah, that 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 was it. Um, and I don't think that I am playing a deck that's that great in the format. Like mm-hmm. I, I played a bunch against goblins, and I feel like they're a better deck. I mean, it, goblins is definitely a better deck, but. I think Kethis is like a little bit faster than Goblins, but way less consistent. Goblins is just way too good, co- way too good at what it actually does. So, okay. um, yeah, but the, I mean, the deck's super fun, and it's it's better than I thought it was going to be because because I, I kept hearing that it's not a deck in the format, it's not good, and I started testing with it, and it actually does can do some really powerful things. Well, um, pretty in, fast. In my, so. in my defense, I was also basing this off of because there was no real deck list out at the time when Brian was first talking to me, and I was mm-hmm. basing it off my own deck building abilities, and I couldn't find a good build. But then, mm-hmm. um, like once I found this build, I immediately retold him, "Hey, you should look at this build because I played it a little bit. It's actually good." Yeah. So there was there was an SCG uh, historic challenge, um, and Tristan Wild Larue went 4-0 in, in one of them with a Kethis deck. And what's interesting is it didn't have Coco. It didn't even have four Kethis because it was running um, a turbo interesting build around Frexian, Tower, Stitcher Supplier. And then its main source of combo was Tashar looping two Mox uh, Ambers and two Lurus. And so how it works is if you have a charm play, you play a Mox Amber That'll trigger a, a Lurus in your graveyard. That Lurus comes back. Now that Lurus says, hey, you you haven't played a uh, a spell from your graveyard yet. And so you look and grab a Mox Amber from your graveyard, cast that one. Then Tashar says, hey, go get something. You're like, I'll get the other Lurus. That new Lurus comes into play. Legend rolls out the old one and says, hey, you haven't used your graveyard Wait, yet. Wait, hold on one second. Why does Tashar start every sentence with, hey, don't, haven't they been to grammar school? <laughs> they have not. Tashar... <laughs> Has not. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry, Brad. Continue. 
you get what I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah I'm just saying yeah. like the 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 lurses that come into play don't um, remember that they you know the card the cardboard. It's a new is version the of the. It's a new version, even if it's the same cardboard. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's and, a new version of Luris. You get to each time a new version of Luris comes in, you get to do its ability of casting a CMC two or less card. Mm. Um, and and with a diligent excavator in play, uh, you can mill your opponent out. So it's it's actually Tashar was kind of the missing link of the deck. Um, okay. I, th- I think Tashar is the uh, most powerful card of the deck. Where oftentimes you're put in a position where you just need to draw a copy of Tashar and you win the game. Because you'll, yeah, you'll play a Tashar, cast anything, <clears throat> you, then you get back, like, Luris. you can get back a Luris, um, and then cast a Mox Amber, get back, you know, you can loop that. So if you have a Diligent Excavator in play, that's already just a win by itself. Yeah. Uh, or you can, oftentimes what you'll do is you'll go Tashar, get back Kethis, and then use Kethis to replay other stuff. And then you can use Tashar gets you back the diligent excavators that you need to go off. It gets you the lurises that you need to go yeah. off. Um, like the, the missing piece, though, what I was trying to get to. Sorry to interrupt about your deck. But yeah. I just want people to know this at home is the old builds. They used to rely on diligent excavator as a kill and an engine piece. Um, putting yeah. it into play and then milling. Whereas this build, milling yourself too to get to Jace. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. yeah. But, but yeah. Now, well, now that there's no nexus in the format, you don't need to worry about milling having an alternate win condition. Milling them is always going to work unless they have a burn spell in hand. Um, okay. Because there's no way to shuffle back in. I mean, even you if know? they have a burn spell in hand, they're not going to beat you looping Uros uh, repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. Like once you once you go off, you can just loop your Uros with your Tashar and gain all your life. So it, because nexus doesn't exist you can always deck them um but the the engine the real cool thing is stitcher supplier and emery pretty much give you that initial fuel and with tower you can do some disgusting things like turn two luris bringing back something that you found because you play stitcher mill three sack it to tower mill three more and if you hit any one drops or a mox you can play a luris or you have a mox in hand play the mox get back the stitcher supplier so on turn two you have you know so much access to four mana essentially yeah. so you can untap on turn five with five mana a stitcher supplier in play plus a whole toolbox yeah this it, seems yeah. way better to me i and honestly i think phyrexian tower and stitcher supplier are like low-key some of the most powerful cards in I mean, croaky yeah. said croaky said yeah. some was making fun of people in this tournament saying some people didn't even register phyrexian tower right so, <laughs> yeah so phyrexian tower <laughs> strategies i mean probably are just the best things to do in this format i don't have it in my deck but yeah I mean, I was playing Rakdos, you know, with just a couple of them. And every time I drew that, you know, the Phyrexian Tower, it just felt absolutely disgusting. So, I mean, this looks good to me, to be honest. Yeah, I, so I played a bunch with it. And my, I mean, my win rate was obscene uh, at first, like just really. But I mean, I, I was a, I was in bronze getting up to platinum. Sure. So I, you know, I'm expecting to win a lot of matches just uh, because of that. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the deck, the deck did feel very powerful. Um, granted I was just working on it by myself and I did not, I do not have an optimal build of the deck. Um, I actually cut one of the Urza's, so I had two Urza's Runus Blast on my sideboard. I cut one of them, uh, the night before the tournament because I wasn't boarding it in that often and they, they weren't performing that well. Uh, but in hindsight, I really regret doing that because I, I was like, afterwards I was like, oh yeah, there's a reason I had two. like, that's my lane line under the void protection. 
So mm. I'm, I'm yeah, a little yeah. cold to Leyline. I'm hoping that a lot of people aren't playing Leyline in the Void. If they're playing Grafdigger's Cage or something, I can uh, kill it with Frascas. But uh, Leyline's kind of a, a little bit of a problem. So Yeah, it feels like Leyline is not necessarily <laughs> the most popular card because I, I feel like, like Rakdos midrange was super popular right away and it kind of just fell off. So yeah. people, that was like the hard counter for them. So it seems like cage for Muxus and shenanigans well, like think, that just seems more yeah, important. I think, yeah. the reason, I think the reason that ley lines um, and rest in pieces have lowered in in play in this format is because Muxus doesn't interact with those, where cage does interact with Muxus, and also so, collected mm, company too. I mean, and collected yeah. and collect and bowls of citadel. So if you're trying to, you, you know, this format is similar to modern in the sense that like you kind of don't have room to play every hate card in your sideboard. So yeah. if you can like get you can't away play with- two boils, two chokes in your sideboard, even though they're very, very powerful cards against specific things, you need something that is good against a wide variety of decks because historic so wide open. Is that what you're trying it's, to say? Exa- yeah, you, you can't yeah. just have a ton of silver bullets um, mm-hmm. because you need access to so many cards. And that's mostly, it's kind of the control thing. You need a plan against control. So that eats up what five to eight cards in your sideboard every single deck. Yeah, and or for most decks, and then so when you get down to the end of it, you don't have room for four graveyard dedicated graveyard eight that doesn't hit Muxus. Yeah. Um, so people just lean towards Cage. No, oh, makes sense to me. So uh, yeah, both of these deck lists, Brad and BBD's deck list, can be this found is... in our Discord uh, if you guys want to check those out, or, or I'm sure MTG they'll be posted right? by the time. But you know, they, the, yeah. the deck list will not be technically posted. All of them in. F- the time that this podcast comes out i think like five or six it'll be hours thursday early. yeah well it'll be the day on thursday day of but this comes out like four hours earlier or whatever oh yeah okay okay well if you can't wait we can post them uh in the discord but brad let's hear what you're playing and then i'll ask some uh big picture questions uh about historic and what you guys okay, think so. well well so i i tested uh i actually had a very dedicated process testing and um i didn't actually test with brian and now that sounds weird but i'll explain it and it's like it's actually sounds reasonable brian has it sounds like a dick move from you brad sounds like a dick move dude it's 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 mostly brian so i tested with um our very close friends um (laughs) seth and javier and then we we brought in uh and and beatrice and then we brought in um uh, a friend of javier's and um ephraim and Benes. so yeah but as i was building brian could have came in if he wanted to test harder but he didn't and he also didn't want to just get anything for free that's that's the one great thing about brian as a friend is mm. he wouldn't have felt comfortable just getting handouts if he wasn't going to put the time in and the preparation like we all dedicated um yeah. and that's what makes him such a special person me on the other hand i would take uh, the free equity special guest <laughs> oh yeah 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 person uh. <laughs> But a special guest, hell yeah. yeah. But so we actually tested a ton. Um, Yeah, I was in there as a fly on the wall, and you guys were uh, sporadically jumping around. It was was interesting to watch. The cool thing, though, is I think we found most of the tech. Mm. Um, Like, our our Goblins deck is actually hyper-teched out. Um, but I, you know, we, 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 we found a good version of Jund. We found a good version of Goblins. We think both of those are the best decks. And so we registered Sultai. Oh, okay. 45% green black decks. Typical Brad Nelson. That is right. Actually, um, <laughs> I, I, for all, for how much I just want to do the cliche self-deprecating, I always play mid-range, you know, that's yeah. my thing. The, the closer we got to registration, and now that registration is over, 
Um, mm-hmm. With each passing day, I'm more excited about our list. I think we have a very good list for this tournament. And we're yeah, doing it looks a few, nice. We, we're doing a few things differently than everyone else that plays Soltai. And some people have actually walked into our trap. Not our trap, but like the things that we are doing differently in Soltai are playing into the tech that people are bringing. Okay. Um, you want to elaborate? So uh, everyone's talking about how they're... I guess I'll talk about my list real quick. Um, so uh, without being too long-winded, one of the things that we identified early is that Sultai was bad. And the reason we thought that was there was more control decks out there like Blue, White, and Bam, but those decks are bad and they start they stopped getting played. But also we were a Nissa deck that wasn't trying to be a Nissa deck. We thought this was a Thoughtseize Uro deck. So we were playing cards like Search and more mid-rangey cards. And then as testing kept going on, we're like, this is just a Nissa deck. Let's go back to all of the two meta interactive spells that make these decks tick. So we decided that if all the blue, white, and the band decks weren't good, and we thought that Jun, Goblins, and Soltai were going to be three of the top four decks, um, and Mono Green was even kind of getting semi-popular, we're just playing yeah. the, the... Just the, like Beatdown, right? Not yeah, the card the Great Crater yeah, yeah, shenanigans. Yeah, the Beatdown yeah. stuff, or even Ramp, whatever, but we're thinking Beatdown. We just went back to the Aether Gust build of this deck where we just have Essence Scatters, Aether Gust, Eliminates, mm-hmm. Gross Spirals, all at two mana, and we're just a Nissa deck. So our game plan is literally just to put Nissa into play and untap with an interactive spell. And, yeah. and as once we turn to that, our deck obviously is not good against... Blue, main deck is not good against blue white auras or blue white control or uh we even gave up a lot of ground against like Rakdos midrange but we have the cards that matter against goblins the the way to beat goblins counter spells plus room plus wrath effects plus nissa and yeah. and that's what and you know against uh jund a lot of people started bringing corvolds because everyone's on eliminates and stuff so like soltai decks can't beat a corvold but it's like we have four aether gust yeah yeah okay so why like I had all everything you said there makes sense. But so like, why, why no models? <laughs> no, why is uh like blue white control and band control bad? Like with field being banned, I really thought that you know control was going to be quite good, but it it doesn't seem overly powerful from the testing I've done. Yeah, the it the problem is is it's an interactive deck that plays to fairy and to fairy is it more powerful than the format? And yeah. it's like bad against Narset even in like the mirrors. Um, mm. And it's just like not as powerful as you thought Teferi uh, Hero of Domineer was going to be in the format. And so it it can't actually interact as well as you'd think against the cat oven strategies, the uh, mm. the Jun Sacrifice strategies or whatever with Collected Company. And Mono Red Goblins can kind of nickel and dime them. And then they can't Wrath until they have six mana. So mm. you get nickel and dimed. You have to try to win these counter wars and all this. They just weren't that good. Um, we didn't find a good list. The decks were like lowering and the it, format's super wide open. So it's just, it's, it's, it's yeah, just kind of one. the case, just kind of the case of what control is in like a brand new format. It's usually pretty bad because there's so many things you have to keep in mind. And, and if your you know, interaction doesn't line up with what they're doing proactively, then you just lose like the same kind of thing with just a new format and control. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's just the new format thing. You're playing a one for one counter spell deck in a format where almost every deck is an engine deck of some kind. And they all have all these cards that produce incidental card advantage. There's like the, you know, cat oven thing and whether they're getting card advantage from like Midnight Reaper off of Coco's or Mm. uh, Strider is being escaped and yeah, yeah, or Trail of Crumbs or whatever. Like, 
any of those cards hit the like it, you let anything through your wall of counter magic, which eventually something always sticks. It's it's just yeah. it's hard to to then beat it because like it just everything snowballs from there. Or like goblins where a cons- conspicuous snoop comes down on turn two and generates a huge advantage um, without having to deploy more resources from the hand, so that when you do cast your wrath of god, they just reload or play a muxus mm-hmm. or whatever. Like there's, there's yeah. just so many things like that where it's just so hard to like pull ahead with a deck like that and form. Yeah, I, I just I yeah, just interrupt fair. you real quick about con- conspicuous snoop or whatever. Conspicuous yeah. snoop. I just snoop that card. Just yeah, that card. Like I hate that card. I play it. I, I were you I, saying you love that card or no? I, I couldn't hear you. You bleeped I out. Hate that card. Oh, you absolutely love that card. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, wait, you want to know how I feel about Conspicuous Snoop? Well, I hate that card so much. <laughs> Brian, you you're you're blowing it up too early, man. You got to you got to save that for the for the end. That's no, seriously, been cold. No, I, I played a lot of Goblins. Uh Goblins was very close. I almost audible to it um right at the end and I was flip-flopping for many days. Yeah, it was it was either goblins or Sultai for for the last like four days. And um, I mean, it's a powerful deck. Well, but but what I hate about that card is it's just it's such the, the problem with the deck is it's just a random number generator deck. Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, literally Muxa says top six. And if they're the right cards, you win the game. Um, yeah. Or and, you can just put in a Skirk Prospector and pass the turn back and you laugh at your opponent hysterically. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 Snoop has this thing where there are games where you can't win. They have done all the things they're supposed to do. And yeah. they've got you in the board position where you can't cast your Muxus, you can't really do much. And then all of a sudden you draw your card, you reveal the top card library, and it's a Cranko, and you're like, oh, I get to deal you 80 damage this turn now. Yeah, because, the Cranko bullshit. Cranko's <laughs> on top of my library. I go from 0% chance to win this game to 100% chance to win this game. And yeah. it just has to do with a Cranko's on top of my library. And this could, this comes down to even on turn three, it's like I played on turn two and on turn three, I have a Cranko on top and I'm like, oh, I can't lose this game. Yeah. So I, I guess while you're talking about goblins, do you guys think goblins is the best deck or going to be the most played deck? Or what do you guys think is going to be yeah. like your expected metagame? Yes to all of those. And I think that whoever, you, you know, wins the goblins lottery is going to be the person who wins this tournament. Not you to say so? that, not that to say there's that good. Yeah, not to say there's not skill involved in the deck. There's clearly a ton of skill. It's yeah. It's a classic deck where you have a lot of options, a lot of mana um, decisions to be made. But um, I think the deck is by and far the best deck in the format, and I think it will also be the most played deck in the format. And mm. when you are the person who has the crankos on top of your deck, you're the person who casts Muxus. Um, and the top five cards include a Goblin Chieftain and a Cranko and a Skirk Prospector, <laughs> like, you're going to be the one who wins the tournament. Um, uh, that's at least my opinion on it. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens in the event itself. I could be very wrong, but... Yeah, one one thing I will say about my testing, at least, is when I play against a very good Goblins player versus a bad one, the it, it's ginormous, the difference, you know? Like, I think a good player playing Goblins... Uh, it really shows, you know, and uh, and the people that don't value the same things uh, in certain matchups, aka people that are just inexperienced with it, you can really tell. Do you guys get well, that at also, all? Or? Well, uh, yes, yes, but also I think um, so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back later about my metagame predictions and just answer okay. this. But um, 
I think the biggest thing about the skill thing is also how well built the deck is. I'm a firm believer that most goblins decks are just built heinous. Like heinous. Even the main bad. decks? Even the main no, decks? Because no. I feel the sideboards, it's pretty tough, but the main deck, it feels pretty stock, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, some people's main decks, they put like Thoughtseize in their deck and they, they they argue that it's correct, but I just think mono red is better than red black. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, would also Muxus agree with that. Into Thoughtseize, hell yeah, that seems like a combo. Like, before yeah. I cut my second Urza's Ruinous Blast like an idiot, um, I felt that, <laughs> at least as Kethis, I, the mono-red version, even with no graveyard hate, was a better deck against me than the black version with Thoughtseize and Ley Lines. Just because the execution of your strategy when you don't have all these other cards clogging it up, yeah. um, mm -hmm. it, it just I, I just think the best thing you can do is just execute your strategy flawlessly. And maybe it's different because I'm also playing a non-interactive deck, so I have a skewed opinion of it. And when yeah. you're playing against more interactive decks like control decks or soul tie or whatever, maybe you, you would, you do want those cards, but um, yeah. I, I, I was way more impressed with the, with the red version, just pure it's, mono red. It seems like you got to pick a lane. Like if you're playing a really good proactive deck like that, just do your thing. And if you want to be reacting to people, play a good reactive deck, you know, like soul tie or, but you know, it's a, so it, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to get, a, I, I, I agree with the thoughts of things, but it's also that, most of the sideboards I saw were like two magma spray, three red cap melees, two abrades, um, just a lot of low impact removal spells because again, it's a mono red, maybe a red black splash black deck. And people are just playing cards that they saw. But yep. um, as, as things got closer, some people found some of the tech, some people found others. Um, I don't know if let's just say all the tech that I'm going to talk about is good. Then our team found all the good tech. But maybe it's not okay. all good. We'll see at the end. But like, you is know, there people actually playing that deck on your yeah, team? There, if you want to say, or? there's one person that's playing it. Eric Froelich decided he, he he was like, yeah, I'm going to play goblins and I'm confident in it. Um, uh, and okay. I, I almost played it too. It's just that I didn't know right at the last minute. We still just didn't know if our cyborg numbers were correct. And mm -hmm. I liked his argument because his argument was just like, we're playing an exceptionally powerful main deck. And if a few of our cards in the sideboard, it doesn't matter. We just want to bring in the high impact cards and all of them were proven good. So I, there's three cards in question that I want to talk about, about goblins real quick. Um, okay. A lot of people found Leyline of Combustion. Two RR, uh, Leyline can come into play. Uh, whenever an opponent targets you or uh, a permanent you control with a spell or ability, they take two damage. So this is your anti-Jun Sacrifice card. Yeah, so it's just a Leyline that has, every creature has the Bone Crusher ability? Yeah, well, basically, right. if they, okay. but it's 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 abilities too. So like, if Mayhem Devil pings a Skirk Prospector, they take two. If it pings a, oh. uh, you know, whatever, they take two damage. Anytime they do any kind of thing like that, uh, they'll take two. And when it's they also you with Priest take yeah. two. Yep. Mm. So Brad, for your GP way back in the day, you would be being pinged as many times as you pinged everything. So you'd be <laughs> getting pinged double, huh? You know oh. what? You could have saved it for a much better spot. <laughs> oh, I'll, yeah. I'll use it again. Don't you worry. <laughs> Yo, what do you mean saving it? You could just use it every yeah. single time. <laughs> Brad, have you ever saved your soundboard for like a better time? <laughs> or have you just sprinkled it in? I don't fucking do this shit anymore. There it is. Uh, there Brian, it is. Keep it down, Brian. We're trying to uh, get through this. All right. So another one is uh, Iron Craig Feet. Uh, that is colorless RRR sorcery. Uh, add seven mana to your mana pool. You can only play one more spell this turn. This is your, okay. This is your anti mirror card because both players are just going to jump up incinerator and, and chain whirler and try to stop each other from having six mana by turn three. 
Mm. And so if you're both doing that, then, you know, you can matri- like you can go gem bomb incinerator matron for Muxus, and then you still can turn four with this card. You can iron click feet for Muxus or to play the Muxus and try to win. But who is okay. it? Is it like DJ Khaled or something? <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, it's Iron Crag feet. Oh, like, but featuring, who's, yeah. Yeah, who's a featuring? Like... It's featuring Muxus. <laughs> it's oh, Muxus, always okay. featuring DJ Khaled. He's okay. in everything. We know that. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I thought. You know, I thought it like it had to be DJ, but... It's definitely yeah. DJ Muxus now, though. I can uh, just picture Muxus with, like, some headsets on. Someone oh, could alter that actually, for I know us. who it is. It's Conspicuous Snoop Dogg. Mm, yeah. Snoop Dogg is Snoop, good. Snoop Gob. Snoop Gob. Yeah, Snoop Gob. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Go- okay. Gobl- Goblin Maitre D. <laughs> uh, so that's a deep cut, but I I appreciated it. So. <laughs> okay. Right. So I'm gonna. I'm, oh, do you got uh, something else to say, Brad? Third third piece of Goblin tech. We're giving tech. Oh, right sure, now. sure, sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Harold's Horn three mana artifact. Uh, as it comes into play, or comes onto the as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures. Creature spells you cast of the chosen type cost one less to cast. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card of the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. And this is your anti-control soul tie bant. Mm, like just deck, to outcard them. Yeah, the, the, the deck yeah. actually doesn't have a good anti-control card besides more ringleaders. Yeah. Um, but this is like a true, and it's also, it gives you speed, right? Your cards cost less so you can double spell. And it's going to draw you extra cards. The card, the card's actually really good. Yeah, th- okay. this kind of feels like the life crash, life crafters bestiary type mm, effect. Yes, uh, when that used to be a card that people played against control matchups, uh, where you you just put this artifact into play, and suddenly your opponent's like, "Well, I can no longer, or I can no longer win." Uh, a long game, like I have so to, you have to pedal to, to the be, metal, kind yeah, of thing. You got to yeah. pedal to the metal. You got to be. Uh, you're like, like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pinged here. I'm going to have to be proactive. To you win. Yeah, be proactive. Yeah, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, you love both of us. I couldn't I catch do. it. I, I got do love bleeped both out. of you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't know. There must be something wrong with your mic. Every time you like look to say love in a very you know, enthusiastic way. It, it keeps cutting out. I don't know if that's the same for you, Brian. Uh, it is. Yeah. I'm okay. Same thing. Okay. Well, Brad, well, Brad, we love you too, bud. Um, but yeah, <laughs> is, is that the end of your goblin tech? Yeah. I just wanted to say that, like, I think that, you know, a lot of people did poorly with goblins, not just from play skill, but from skill of deck building, not having the rightly tuned strategy and playing too many low impact cyborg cards. Yeah, mm. I do. Oh. I do like, I, I, like if I was, Playing the deck that I thought was the absolute best deck on this tournament, I would have picked Goblins. Um, I kind of okay. just locked into Kethis early and often because I I really love the deck and I wanted to play it and have fun. Um, yeah. And I I don't like coming into a tournament where I'm unprepared and playing a deck that everyone is gunning for and everyone else is playing. Um, I yeah. just I don't feel like I'm going to do very well in that spot, but I do think Goblins is But just, that's not true. You did that with Team of Reclamation and look at how far you got. That's true. I didn't get to round seven. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, look at look at London. You know, we were I wouldn't say making fun of you, but we were not thinking humans was necessarily a great deck. But that was just a deck that you loved. You've been playing for a long time and you you crushed, you know, so it well, seems like you do do much better when yeah. you just play you a deck that do you do. like and you're 
Oh, oh. oh I save that for the Aspros cast. I mean, it was the same thing with Urza too in that tournament when everyone played Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did I you play in that one, Brad? I didn't top eight, but I went eleven and five. Yeah. What, uh, what deck? Oh. What? Yeah. Because <laughs> you played Hogak, Corey, and I played Urza, and I can't remember what did what did you play, Brad? Yeah. Uh, oh, I played the sidelines and still got paid. Ooh. Oh yeah! Thanks to me actually doing well at my first pro tour on that team. God, let me tell you, this is definitely unrelated, but that felt so good to you know be able have us crack into the top four and me actually do something because the first three mythic championships I just fell on my face repeatedly. So that was nice to not be the complete dead weight. Yeah, it's also uh, just still nice to have Seth and BBD go long. Oh yeah, Seth BBD go long. So I wanna, I wanna, I'm looking at your list, bro, and uh, I am getting some nice flashbacks to like the team of reclamation days, uh, with the we're one shark two. We're at level two, yeah, yeah, with the shark typhoon in the main, the one of, and then three in the board. Like that is a card that I thought was just nowhere near powerful enough for historic. Like, is that just the post board game plan? Just a bunch of control shit against control, and then just win with sharks. Okay, yeah. So anyone that uh, has access to our Discord, you'll find both of the decks there. If uh, so, you can use this as a reference. Um, if you do not, if the Mythic Invitational has started, you can go to MTG Melee, go to our new built deck database by clicking on deck list on the top. Go to Historic. You'll find the tournament in there, and you'll be able to find the deck that way. Which that deck database is. Oh, I'll it's, say it. It's, I'll say I don't even need to bleep it out. It's fucking nice. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> it is the best deck database Magic has by far. Yeah. Um, I, it's I, also I the say, only, right? Yeah. I know <laughs> how it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best by default, but also it's pretty. It was, it was pretty good. I used it a lot for this tournament where I I was like, okay, like I'm playing against this deck. I've never seen this deck before. Um, yeah. Let me get an understanding of what's going on here. Um. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a really good database. And same with, like, you know, like, I went to go build Kethis, and I was like, okay, let me find Kethis combo. I had to scroll to the right for about an hour and a half to get to Kethis. <laughs> and then... Uh, that's, that's a feature, though. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a feature. That's, it's not a bug. No, that that's wasn't a bug. trying to educate was... the people that are trying to make that mistake, Brian. And then I look, I look at Kethis, and one of the Kethis decks is actually Sultai Ramp. But uh, ignoring that... Well, that uh, is the user error stuff that I have to clean up. If you see that, by the way, if anyone sees that, just report an issue, and I can clean those up. Sure. Yeah, you report uh, it to at Shaheen Serrani on right. Twitter. And our, our, our deck database actually, when you look <laughs> at a deck, actually just has a a report button and you click the report and say what's wrong. That Oh, you, you know, changed that recently then? Because it was to Shaheen directly, right? Uh, well, I forward to him. Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay, okay. Just making sure. It's yeah. now a more streamlined process of getting it to Shaheen. But yeah, no, <laughs> it's uh, I looked there and like I, I could just look through all, like all four of the Kethis decks that anyone has ever played in the format <laughs> and, and get some ideas about like, you know, kinds of cards I wanted to play and stuff. So it was cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, Bradley, you did not answer my question about the sharks though. Oh yeah. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of the, you know, we, but I, yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know to find the deck list for a reference. So we, once we identified that the best way to build this deck was to make sure you're focused on Jund and goblins, which you earlier asked Brian about the or us the metagame prediction. I yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah, I, I'm. I told my team, and I don't know, like we haven't gotten the metagame down yet, but I said that I think that goblins will be the most played deck, but and then second will be 
mayhem devil strategies. I said, if you just lump all of them together with bolsas, citadels and whatever, you know, some will have cocoa, some will have bolsas, citadels, some will just have the cat oven stuff. Who knows? Dreadhorde Butcher. Yeah, just basically the pedal to the metal pinging stuff. Exactly, I, I, pinging yeah. all the things, yep. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. um, and I put goblins at about 25% and uh, Jund at around like 19, 20%. That's my predictions. Wow, wow. What? That's a, that's a lot. I just feel like that's both... I feel like historic is so open, just what I've been playing on the ladder. But, you know, I haven't been doing this targeted testing that I normally do for mythic or mythic championships or whatever. I, I just felt like that's pretty high in a format that's this kind of wide open. But Well, it's wide know. open on the ladder. But so, like, for example, ladder stuff, you can't really use as metagaming because, yeah. um, like, so I'm in, let's just put, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of an average arena player that might not be trying to spike as hard right not not <clears throat> investing everything not a super a try hard but not like to the g gen level that like all of us used to be yeah like just trying I, to play some fun decks if we, went that to are a just if we went to a tournament and we were missing 300 worth of cards we were buying 300 worth of cards no matter what yeah you know it, it doesn't matter um mm-hmm. we're buying 300 worth of cards if we can't find them so like a deck like goblins you have to buy into like 20 rares that you might not have. And if Muxus ever gets banned, which almost everyone thinks is going to happen, <laughs> then then you are just out 16 rares for what, a week or two? Whoa, 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 Brad. Not 16, 12 rares. You get those four Muxuses back. Well, I, I said 20. I'm already accounting for that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and so, you know, like, some people might not buy into it, so that's one of the reasons. The other reason Mm -hmm. is is I think that the pros in this tournament will identify that Goblins is better than the average player um, because Goblins has been, like, a Tier 2 deck, or it looks like that, in the results. If you're looking online, you're looking at results until this past weekend, that was kind of the case, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so if Goblins is enemy number one, Jund is a very good reactionary strategy against it. It's also very fun to play. It's very good. And it's a good Coco deck because everything synergizes well. And so yeah, and everybody's I, been playing these type of decks in standard and kind of already has, you know, clicks with it. That yeah. makes sense. And so if that's true, and these are two of the big decks, and we found that the Nissa plan of playing a bunch of Aethergust is true, then we pretty much built our deck to transition into draw go uh, like against like these control mirrors, right? We're going to have a lot mm. more two meta interaction. So they can't just like in a soul time mirror, like if we have access to Aethergust and negate, like they can't just slam a Nissa on us. Yeah. And so if we're playing draw go with them and we have shark is literally the best card there. And the metagame hasn't caught up to that. Some people play a few sharks, but they don't play four. And now if Sultai becomes popular, if our deck becomes popular, we all know what's going to happen. Then a Brazen Borrower is going to introduce itself, then a second yeah. Brazen Borrower. And then commence the end game comes in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, uh, I don't know if it can go that high because yeah. of how Thoughtseize and Uro work, but... But like Brazen Borrow would be the next edition, you know, like I was even yeah. making jokes like when Javier went to bed um, because he's still in Europe. So he went to bed earlier than us, clearly. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right. And then I and then I'm like, Javier's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like, all right, good night, Javier. Seth, how are we getting this Brazen Borrowers into our deck? <laughs> yeah and i mean i just i'm looking at your list and i'm like okay how would you sideboard and if it's any similar with the rest of Sultai for like a Sultai mirror you got to take out a lot of this black removal and then what are you left with to deal with sharks and it's not much i mean yeah, honestly, so yeah, that, that's that just seems that, nice that is just a really smart idea though like 
Yeah, uh, side like sideboarding against your own teammates because like that's who you're gonna be playing against in the two three bracket. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh. like give yourself the best edge that you can in the tournament. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta play against the other forty five percent soul tie players. Yeah, so. you gotta, I mean it's forty percent soul tie. Where be, where better to play them than the two three bracket? So oh, I'll, I'll be honest, like we we that's we, too high in percentages. <laughs> What, what what is weird is we're playing the medium mid range deck that's medium against everything right that's like the uh, the the idea yeah or that's just like the uh, misconception of um, Sultai right now but it's the way we designed our deck is to literally be at like really focused on a small percentage of the meta game like we are hyper focused on goblins um, Jund the mirror and. Um, and a little bit of a few of the other decks, but we have sacrificed a lot in other matchups. And pretty much we're like, okay, let's figure out what we how we have to cyborg against Soltai. And then those just are our slots against other control decks. You know, mm. like we were just like, those are our control cards. And and the shark plan is just one of the better plans in these matchups, honestly, because yeah. um shark is just good if both players have counter spells. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it makes sense to me. And I, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm giving you crap, but I, yeah. I do think the deck's probably pretty good. And, and like, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be like a deck that I would want to take to a tournament like this because it's, you know, people could just come with whatever, and then you're playing Soul Tie. Uh, I, I think on power level, it's less powerful than a deck like Goblins. But um, if you do like uh, ping the metagame correctly, then uh and pedal to the metal you know yeah then i, I do I mean, think i do think the deck is 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 pretty well built and it, it looks mm -hmm. good and like i've played against sultai a number of times and it looks like a very cohesive strategy that everything fits together really well with the deck yeah Beat it every Kethis, time but it bet, always yeah oh sorry i bet Kethis is a uh a, like sultai is a good matchup for Kethis. i would i would think yeah, right very yeah good. I, yeah yeah i've been beating it but mm -hmm. i mean don't build your sultai deck for the only person playing Kethis, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to have to go check the deck list after this and see if you are indeed the only person. That would be sweet. Um, um, but it's really hard for just an Uro deck to be bad, though, you know, so I, I think this seems I think it's actually really easy good. for Uro deck to be bad, but I'm going to really? I'm going to double down on this and say it like maybe I'll be stupid. And I think it's especially stupid because one of the things like Corey probably has out outside information right now he's part of the coverage team i'm just letting everyone know this but like mm. we care about tournament integrity and everything so like i don't actually know what Corey knows and Corey's not going to tell me what he knows oh hell no i'm nda well, yeah. dude yeah and he's not going to tell you guys that's why Corey's taking the host role and asking us questions today because yeah. there are certain aspects about this tournament coming up that he can't speculate on and now that he can't speculate on it He's not yeah. going to pretend or lie to you. He's just not. He's going to ask us questions and not answer them. Um, hey, don't don't assume that I won't lie to the audience. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I, I like being deceitful every once in a while, but yeah. You didn't. And you didn't. actually, to be straight up, I have not looked at the deck list yet. I have. You know, we we do have access to them to play test and practice, but I have no information yet. So. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Yeah. I am gonna say this. I'm gonna say this though, Corey. You did say something that I, that I disagree with. You said. Uh, that there aren't any bad Uro decks in the tournament, and I want to yeah. state that I have two Uros in my deck. Ooh, Would yeah, you're you right. Like okay, retracted. Okay. Retracted. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, edit that part out then. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure that you didn't say something you regret. So. Okay. Oh, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Well, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down again, and you saying that this is a wide open format. I don't think these tournaments are wide open anymore. 
And this kind of goes along with what Brian said, I don't know, a few weeks ago about how the way that new magic is played, it just, it can't. And yeah. um, like, yeah. I don't know what the metagames are. This metagame is yet, but yeah. But by looking, if if I took the aggregate of all of the information of people posting what they're playing, I can't be that far off. Almost everyone that has posted their deck list or said what they're playing is said that they're either Goblin, Sultai, or Jund. Yeah, and these, are the top, these are the top three decks that I prepared for. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of tw a lot of Twitter stuff, you know? I mean, I saw even Nasif playing Jund. So, like, if Nasif is playing Jund, I feel like... That's got to just be a damn good deck. It's actually you know? possible that John is the most played deck, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, I could see the switching. If we talk John. all variants with Coco, Citadels versus John Food, like yes. I, I could see that. And yeah. if I had like three more days, well, I did have three more days. If I'd spent <laughs> three more days testing the tournament, I might have ended up playing John because that's also a deck I enjoy playing. If yeah, um, I mean, Corvald's your shit, right? Thor, the Dark World. <laughs> yeah, well, I, a Thor one, yeah, of course I'm going to watch, spend, you know, time watching that. The Dark yeah. World, though, yeah. Oh, yeah, you you spent a whole day on that with your three hours you've been awake, you know, so, really yeah, that, funny is, that was poor time I management. I thought about this, this is off topic, Um, mm -hmm. but while Brian was watching the Dark World, we were watching the National Treasurer, and, like, mm -hmm. upstairs, and I think the Brian, I think you, Amber, and I just finally hit the like nihilist part of quarantine where it's just like nothing fucking matters. Let's just watch some bullshit. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's not even like saving good television anymore. It's like, what is one of the great award winning movies that we've never seen? It's like, let's watch Nicolas Cage do Nicolas Cage shit. All right. You in? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah, for me it was, I wanted to watch a movie that didn't, uh like depress me basically yeah. and i had never seen uh all i haven't seen all the marvel movies and i was like you know what let me fill in the cracks i've never seen thor one i've never seen thor two um there's one other i never i never saw the uh what was the movie that edward norton was in was that like all ever rounders all of them rounders no he american history x no i mean i mean rounders wasn't he in a marvel movie Oh, oh yeah, Hulk. Hulk. That's right. Oh, I never yeah. saw that yeah. one. I don't even think that's part of the series. No, anymore, it is. But... It is. Yeah. He just he just left this. They just didn't rehire him because he was he's really hard to work with. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, makes and honestly, sense. I it was kind of the same for me. I was like so out of things to watch. I actually watched your guys's uh, video that you made. Nice. Uh, wow. That, that really? Got, that got yeah. That got posted what on uh, on Tuesday. And oh my god! Right when I watched that, I was just like, "Damn, I will watch anything these days." Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, no, but like <laughs> going back to what's important, National <laughs> Treasure, um, yeah, the yeah. Dark Thor, the Dark World, right? No, so so yeah. I had never seen this movie actually, and uh, watching it, one thing that kind of I couldn't get past, and I actually didn't finish it. I got too late, and I went to bed. But I'm not gonna go finish it again. Is he's he, he's actually just kind of a dick to the to the leading actress like both of the main guys are just condescending and patronizing to her the entire movie and i'm like holy shit this just did not stand up the test of time like, it's, oh there's it's, so many movies that do not stand the oh, test of time like, this one just doesn't even make sense it's like all right so this one woman that works by the decoration independence is going to be a part of their team and then like somebody in the room that was making the movie them was like yeah but can we just be a complete dick to her 
They're like, well, I don't know why, because the movie has nothing to do about that. It's like, we're just going to be a complete tools to her, okay? <laughs> and then, then she, she wants to be a part of our team, but we're not going to allow her. We're going to talk beneath her and under her and, and wow. talk down to her. I mean, it was really awkward. I looked over at Amber and I was like, like, I don't get this at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's kind of how I got with that 70s show. I rewatched that because I love that show. And I'm like, damn, this did not stand the test of time either. That show's bad. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah. 50 yeah. years old at this point. Well, don't oh, say anything yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, Netflix just removed it. A lot of people are freaking out about it. So don't say that. Wait, it really, they really did remove it? Well, their contract's up. They'll bring it back in like three months. That's what they do. <laughs> Gotcha. I was going to say my fiance is going to be mad. That's what she just falls asleep to all the time because we've seen it a thousand times and it's white yeah. noise, you know? All right. All right. All right. This all right. is where you're supposed to get us back on track. I was testing you and you failed. Oh, mm. oh well, you know what? I've just given up so many times as the expert role that I just, uh, you know, have given up on this. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it with talking about your decks. I guess one last thing uh, that I'm generally curious about is like, what deck do each of you want to play against? And what is like your really bad matchup that you don't want to play against? BBD, start with you, Dizzle. Uh, let's see. What do I want to play against? Yeah. That's a really good question. <laughs> uh, wow, you're taking, I mean, Sultai, right? you're like, taking this expert role great because you, <laughs> man, you stumped me off the right off the bat. God, uh, I should be an interviewer. Yeah. I should be a professional interviewer. I got you. Yeah, I think, I think a deck like Sultai, any kind of a mid-rangey type strategy is, is going to be a, a good matchup for me. Um, decks that I don't want to play against, um, I, I want to say like, if there's any kind of Jun sacrifice deck that has ley lines in their sideboard, I think that's like a mm. nightmare for me because um, Mayhem Devil's already really good against me. Uh, I mean, I do have ways to kill it after after board, but if they back yeah. up, like uh, you know, I think the matchup's like kind of close. Where if they don't have a Mayhem Devil, like I don't think they stand a chance against me. But if they do, okay. it's really hard for me to get any traction going. Um, so if they have ley lines that just put me so far back uh i i'm gonna really struggle to deal with like their engine i think that that, uh, that kind of a deck is probably my worst nightmare and it's more just sideboard tech because i mean we're gonna play against that deck or you guys are gonna be playing against that deck it's just ley line and rest in peace too i assume um well yeah rest in peace too but if, if i'm playing against rest in peace it's different because it's a control deck and 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 Vraska kills rest in peace um oh, Brad, okay, can't okay. kill can't kill Leyline. That's a yeah, big when, difference. When I, when and you're I, just playing two of those or two Vraskas? I have three. Okay. Do you so, think that's enough to reliably you know well, deal with that hate or I also have Blast Zone, I also have Ratchet Bomb, and both of those kill Rest in Peace a lot easier than uh they do kill Leyline. So and, I mean I guess it's open deckless. You're gonna be able to see if that's a problem. That's one thing I do love about a deck like Kethis, or even, you know, I keep saying Rakdos mid-range because that was the deck that I was loving the most. But more more than anything, I was just playing that deck to get a grasp of the format and I just loved playing it. But I, I kept thinking, I was like, God, this deck would be so much better if I had open decklist to know what kind of anti-hate cards I have to bring in. Yeah. And Ketha seems that way as well. That's really going to benefit from open decklist. Sultai, not as much because I think people benefit against you more, Brad. You think that's I mean, accurate? I don't, or? I don't, I don't actually know because there's arguments on all of this. I think the old open decklist thing, like uh, I saw Jeff Hoogland talking about it too. Like, like the, uh, you can say Sultai gets an advantage because you you never get like colded from a matchup, right? Like I don't keep yeah. like uh 
a slow hand against an aggressive deck. Um, yeah. Or I don't keep a complete removal hand. Um, but then if I draw into my removal against control deck anyway, I'm going to lose. So, like, it, it, I think it's contextual, and I don't think it matters. You should just, like, do the things that make your decks good for open deck list. Yeah. And, like, <clears throat> that's diversifying your hate. Like, um, you know, against Brian's deck, of course, four ley lines are going to be good against him, but Brian could have been packing a bunch of Maelstrom Pulses, and now he knows that's the card he needs to bring. Um, yeah and so but like if you have four sharks you know people know they have to leave in some eliminates you know i mean that's kind of a detriment right or that's just a bad card in the matchup and you're happy that's in their opener no so, it's not it's it, i mean yes and no to that but also like like i mean if you eliminate a shark it's a two for one naturally against them so that's i mean that's good for you yeah, but, but but like I'm gonna get information too. What I'm saying is that it, it like it washes and yes, some of it's good and some of it's bad, but I think that like it's it it's maximizing I don't know, it's just a complex conversation that we could have another day or in one of our minisodes about mm -hmm. about information. But like at the Ooh, end, maybe a good idea for next week, Bradley. Yeah, for sure. Oh, let, <laughs> letting all of you patrons know right now that we are yeah. skipping our mini sub this week due to oh, Corey's Brad. Hey, hey, schedule. hey, Brad. I'm I'm the I'm the host. So sorry. Uh, just wanted to let you all know uh, before we wrap this up that we are skipping our Minnesota uh, this week because I was quite busy with my commentating schedule. Uh, but we're gonna double up next week and we're gonna we're gonna give you some spicy ones, maybe even a a deep dive into Brad's deck, or we'll we'll get some ideas flowing. Uh, but we'll get double the content going because uh, we are going to be taking off this week here. Yeah, so. yeah my my take yeah. on it is is so like from playing Kethis, open deckless, it's a detriment. It's a detriment to me in game one, um, okay. Because I'm just going to be keeping hands that function pretty yeah. much regardless of matchup. Other people knowing that they're playing against Kethis are, you know, they're going to have to have better information on whether they keep or mulligan their hands. Post board, mm -hmm. it's a massive advantage for me because I know what hate I have to play against. Or if there's yeah. no hate, I know, okay, I don't have to play against hate, so I don't have to bring in Braska. I don't have to bring in whatever, Ratchet Bomb or any of these, these other cards. Yeah, um, that's how it was for Hogak with me in Barcelona. Is like the yeah. open deckless part of it was awesome. I just knew, you know, I just knew what, what I had to bring in. And I had to bring in the same cards every round because I played against Hogak every round. So I guess that wasn't that good, but. But then, <laughs> but then a deck like uh, Sultai is, is kind of like almost the reverse in some ways where you get an advantage game one when, you know, like you're, if you have a hand that has a lot of removal and you're playing against blue eye control, you're like Mulligan um, mm -hmm. and you're probably going to lose anyway because this game one against blue white, but like ignoring that part, you're like, all right, I'll Mulligan that. And then, uh, but after board, like you already kind of know the cards that you want in a matchup. Uh, your opponent's list is probably not going to affect it that much. Uh, mm -hmm. But then they are going to know exactly what your plan is against them and can adjust accordingly too. So I, yeah. I, I think it's, it goes both ways. But. Yeah, and, that's fair. And But what I'm trying to say is sometimes it's about how you have to build your deck to protect yourself. Um, and there are ways that you just do that. Like if you take a look at my deck for for an example, like we have a split between Languish and Extinction event because if you went one way or the other, not arguing that one is better than the other in certain situations, which is just true. Um, mm -hmm. But let's just say, you know, uh, like the reason to play a mix of them is the fact that uh, if we don't, 
then people can try to like sidestep the one that you have. If we're all extinction events, then people can load up on evens and odds and play and, yeah. and never get languished. If we load it up on languishes, then people could try to make a five, five. And, yeah. um, and you know, like, obviously I'm just pulling situations out of my ass. That's not possible for every single deck. Um, yeah, but those things come up. Those things do come just, up. That's just, why I always put like one ofs uh, in open deck lists, like one ofs in the cyber, one ofs in the main. And looking at your list, you know, I mean, you, it does seem like you fit that mold. Yes, we we a lot of that was thought about. Sometimes you overthink it. Like we're not just playing the one shark because we want to keep them honest. We're playing the one shark because these are the seventy five cards we wanted to play, and that was the card we wanted in the main. Yeah, um, you know, and and there's things of that nature. Um, but, but did you want one Maelstrom Pulse, or was that kind of like, or basically, I guess you have three Gusts, three Eliminate, and one Maelstrom Pulse. Was it like, I don't really want four of either of these cards, I want a card that's kind of in the middle? So, so you played something like that? or So I, I can't speak to everyone about the Maelstrom Pulse, but I can say why I've always liked it, and we never really talked about it, but I mm -hmm. always knew I wanted one. Um and, and it could have been like ever an, since you were a boy. Yes, <laughs> it, could, it could have been an Ugin if that was the right call. But here's here's like a, a learning lesson of mine. Okay. Um, if if I'm playing a deck that can see thirty cards in a game, mm -hmm. like I want an effect that can get me out of a situation. And that's really sticky. Yeah. Yeah. So like I want the Ugin or I want the Maelstrom Pulse. Like Maelstrom Pulse can kill an Ugin, and. Mm. Um, and of course you can kill a Nugan in other ways. They might have to take it down. You can shark it. You can do all that stuff. But I, I typically like to have uh, a specific effect that I will draw, like, you know, have a 50% chance of drawing in the really long games. Yeah. Uh, because like they can get you out of spot. Like the one Maelstrom Pulse can kill three ovens in a really long game. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. if you just draw it on turn three against an aggro deck, it's still fine. Yeah, so, yeah, it's still yeah. a functional magic card. But yeah, I'm but, surprised you don't have more, to be honest. I think that card is great. Uh I mean, like there's Woe Striders, there's Skirk Prospectors. It's it's kind of slow. Yeah. Um probably pretty bad against goblins, realistically, because of the just, sorcery speed. Yeah, it, it, yeah. So like there's there's arguments against wanting to play. That's but that's again what other people did. They'll play two Maelstrom Pulse, they'll play Search for a Scant and stuff like that. Our deck is built to be lean and and maximize our Nissas and punish the opponents with sharks mm -hmm. who can't get their Nissas down. Yeah, one one thing you brought this up twice and I kind of forgot to bring it up back, but the whole search for his Kanta plus Uro things, it seems sweet to flip over an Uro, but it's such a nombo to me that uh, it, it didn't feel great. You know, no, I, no, like yeah. in an actual search, control search for deck, Kanta but... seems anus in the stack. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Our, if you... <laughs> So the reason search for scant is not heinous in this deck and it actually works really well with Uro. And the only reason you don't play it is because of the metagame. If the metagame was slower and a bunch more control, you would want to play a search for scant in here. Um, like one or two. Yeah. My argument for not playing it is that because stand because historic is so proactive right now, the time you take off to cast a spell like that, you never get back. And yeah. Like, but my, my issue with, with the card has nothing to do with Uro. I just it's just it, it's just a very slow eventual source of card advantage in a deck that already has tons of ways to generate very slow expensive ways to get card advantage. But Bant plays so. it. Bant it's, plays it's, it and you have like Teferi and like, can untap it. Flipping an Escanta in any Sultai Bant blue white anywhere um from either at all three decks is like backbreaking good. 
I okay. I get that a flipped ass cant is a very powerful card, but the like, are you? Uh, how often is it like? Oh, I flipped this ass canta, and now I'm going to win this game that I wouldn't have otherwise won because I have ten lands in play and could have just cast a crisis. You know, like I think I, I, I just I, 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 I mean I, just, I, can't, yeah. I can't argue about the games you're going to win, but I can guarantee you that a lot of losses Sultai take to blue white would not be losses if you just had the Ascanta. Yeah, against blue white like or that. Bad. Yeah, okay, against specifically other incredibly slow decks. Like, oh, yeah, the, the Nisa, I mean, the Nissa v Nissa matchup, it's not the best. Yeah, honestly, it just seems like historic is closer to modern than it is to standard, where it's just every deck is really proactive. And, you know, Search for Ascanta is not playable in modern. And it, it, it kind of seems more like that, but I, I don't have a definitive reason why it would be bad. So I was just curious. I mean, we're not playing it for a reason. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, I'm not going to sit and defend this card. Like, I'm not even playing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mm. I, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, get in an argument about it. It's just, like, it doesn't seem like a card that would be good in this deck. And, yeah, I I think, of course, Surge Risk Cant is going to be incredible because Blue White Control, but you don't even think Blue White Control is going to show up to this tournament. Oh, and, and like, that's what, yeah, yeah. It, that's what I mean. Like, it would have to be for a control metagame. I think Search for Scanta is heinous against the projected metagame. Yeah. And also, Brad, how did you get those sweet lands in this picture? For, for anyone who can't see this, obviously, it's the full art lands that me and Brad use at... Uh, uh, paper events all the time well, that is that's, that's really easy. exist on arena so that's really easy um excuse me well you can yeah you those lands do exist but you had to have gotten Ooh. them um in a challenge a long time ago oh i was gonna say take my money what the hell um and they might come back for sale eventually i don't have the mountain that was the one i missed so i have the mm. non-mountain but ah, good thing you don't play goblins that's why you didn't play it right yeah, yeah that's that's the main a, reason <laughs> this, this is a plot that we're, we're looking at a picture from MTG Melee itself, uh, Flats yeah. uh, designed this, and so now anytime you just put in a decklist link, um, if you're looking at decklist on MTG Melee, you have the option to pull up the uh, the decklist view like that, the view image, or mm -hmm. if you just put the link in a social media pin, an automatic link will display that pic that picture nice um, i gotta say though i got some issues with this like why are all the cards laid out in a logical fashion why isn't it like mm. three copies of one card in one place and then like the fourth copy in the next row well that's because yeah that's i like that too yeah that's because <laughs> does things right but also okay. also uh, um, uh, he let me pick the lands not for me he let me no. <laughs> but the 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 long way to get to your answer is i got to pick the lands that get displayed wow must be bro yeah. must, must be Okay, well, we've been uh, chatting for quite a bit. Quick, bro, your decks you want to play against and the one you don't want to play against, and then we're going to wrap this cast well, Bravo for remembering that question. I forgot. Yes, yes, so I know you did. Since we asked Brian. All right, so <laughs> I don't think there's anything. The, the weird thing is, is I don't think there's anything you particularly want to play. Like, you don't, I don't feel like I prey on anything except for Jund, but okay. the, the matches are all close. The thing is, is I... I actually think that we are 55% against Goblins, Jund, and Soltai, or somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, I think maybe, you know, like we're 53 against Goblins, 56 against Jund. Um, sure. You know, favored in the mirror because of our build. Uh, yeah. And we might be a little bit better than that, honestly, but 
Like, so I want to play any of those matches. I want to play them throughout the tournament. If I win this tournament, it's because I played the projected metagame. I'm going to lose yeah. this tournament if I play against Red Black Luris, um, or the Pyromancer decks. Uh, our deck isn't the best built for like blue white auras. Um, I don't want to play that against so Kethis. bad though. Yeah, I don't want to play against Kethis combo. You know, like I just don't want to play against some of those grindy graveyardy base decks because we didn't target graveyards as hard. Because, like you said, I wanted to be able to interact with Bolsa Citadel and collect a company in Muxus. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I just don't want to play against like those tier two all the way to forty eight decks that some yeah. lunatics might be playing in this tournament. Of course, and honestly, I love when I play these style of decks. I love playing against those really proactive decks that kind of play out the same way like goblins. I know goblins, you know, has a lot of play to it, but I just personally like playing against those decks that I have played against a lot because obviously your deck is built to beat it and it, it, you kind of just shut down those aggressive decks or you just get absolutely run over. But I feel like you're in control more against them. But I mean, maybe I don't that's know if just I have me. agency. I do say that when if I know the metagame and I'm playing against a player of equal or better caliber than myself. Oh, this isn't the player's tour anymore, though, Brad. This is mythic imitation. We're not playing against thank, the player. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. when when I when I am playing against a deck that I have prepared against, um, and they might be a better player than I am. Mm -hmm. uh, I I like playing a deck like this with like I have the very lean specific targeted interaction for them. Uh, you know, like I want to play against the clunky versions of Jund. Like LSV is better at magic than me, but he has now built into his deck that he has to cast Corvold. And I have four Aether yeah. Gust. I have two Essence Scatters, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I can win these exchanges, and I know how to get to these exchanges, and I built my deck to create these exchanges. And so um, th that's why, you know, I want to beat the best players, and I want the best players to be playing the decks that I built my deck for. Okay. All right. Great answers. Well, I bet <laughs> I wish you the best of luck, boys. Brian, thank you so much for uh, being this expert role on our on our cast here we love you oh you're welcome happy to be a part of the bash brothers <laughs> podcast thank you so much yes no problem so before we go we got some upcoming events to talk about and they are all you guessed it on mtg melee first up we got of course the mythic invitational that is going to be starting thursday at 9 a.m pacific time i will be casting these bros will be playing in it so it's going to be pretty exciting uh i'll be starting off round one uh, for anybody who's watching. So check that out on, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have the links for you. I mean, yeah, um, we'll have them in the show notes, but it's twitch.tv slash magic, right? Yep, exactly, exactly. So we got that. That is the biggest event. No, uh, and no, then coming no, up- no, the biggest oh, event. Oh, all right. Uh, sorry, Jonathan, <clears throat> edit, that, edit that part out because the biggest event is going to be next weekend, uh, September 20th. We got our first Bash Bros battle. That is a Patreon only tournament. Uh, so anybody who has given us money gets to and and has it can be the lowest tier content. There, it there can it be the lowest tier, correct? Right? I yes, don't know this tier, information yes. offhand any, because any, any tier that is on Patreon right now, uh, the, those supporters, we want to thank you for your continued support. And we are offering yes. you a chance to play in a uh, tournament alongside us on September 20th. It'll be standard with um, the new set, Zendikar Rising. And yep. we'll be giving out, thanks to our wonderful sponsor, BCW, $1,000 in store credit to the top eight. 
Yeah, yeah. See, and normally I just black out during this part while Brad goes on yeah, about I can this. See so. That. <laughs> So uh, yeah, you know, bear with me, but hey, we also got another event coming and that is the PAX Online event by Pastimes. Um, that'll be the 12th through the 20th. It's just nine straight days of tabletop magic and MTG Arena uh, and MTGO events. So for more information, go to HTTPS. <laughs> no, okay, just go to pastimeevents.com. Uh, to learn more stuff about that. But y'all, this is going to be the end of the cast where we get to do our favorite part. Oh, shut it off and upload it and not think about it for another week? Yes. Nope, that ain't That's it. Cool. It, is <laughs> the, it is the cast and crew. And if you want to be a part of the cast and crew, you can pay us X dollars that I don't know because Brad knows this. And then we will add you to our cast and crew and you'll get all kinds of cool all jobs. Right, so the first thing that like, I'm going to critique <laughs> you, you a little you, you, you pay us said, to work for us. Yeah, don't yes. like, like yes. I'm just gonna critique you a little here. It, Please it's, do. It's better to say things like if you want to support us at this tier, as opposed yeah. to give us your, your fucking money. <laughs> yeah, Bradley, Bradley, who's the commentator here? This isn't who's a the stick, commentator this here. This isn't okay? a stick up, you know? Yeah, like. Just like, <laughs> if you pay us, here's some shit you can get. Do you like shirts? Well, give us money and we'll give you a shirt. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you just took my next line, but I guess, yeah, I mean, if you want fucking shirts, give us some fucking money and we'll send you some fucking shirts, okay? Uh, you can also uh, without get any... shirts at our own merch store that can be found on our Twitter account. God, you're a shill, Brad, okay? Can you Have leave you this part to me? your Twitter feed? Corey. It's only <laughs> shilling. Corey. Yeah, that's because I keep off Twitter to, uh, you know, avoid a negative impact on my life. I'm going to have to ask you, Corey, if you could please keep the language down a little bit. We're trying to preserve oh. a PG-13 podcast rating. Ooh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I definitely ruined that. So yeah. sorry, Brian. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. We're, we're gonna well, how about we just get Corey. to the casting we're gonna have yeah. to. We're going to have to uh, censor you from now on so we can keep our PG-13 okay. rating. And okay, well, just, I don't want to fucking do this thing anymore, then. It's not see, even just the cursing. See, we're just going to have to censor you. We're going to have to censor <laughs> you if you look into the group real quick. Nice, Brad. Brad making another joke that, of course, our cast can't see. I'm and that is him flashing the camera right now, censoring himself out with pasties. Thanks, what, Brad. What? No, I'm, 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 I'm censoring you out with Brad, four censors. Brad, put your shirt down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he was making a censor joke. It was, it was good. I liked it. So, All right, everyone, without any further ado, let's get to the cast and crew. Starting it off <laughs> is one of our good buddy who is back after figuring out uh, our Patreon switches and that is Victor and that Victor is our executive producer and Victor's just in charge of just broing down, you know, any kind of bro party, you know, we're bros so, you know, it's just a lot, I mean, it's a lot of bro activity. for a couple of weeks, I really wonder what kind of bro down was happening. Yeah, I mean, apparently Victor was just in Vegas drinking Jager bombs, just broing down with his bros, having a good old bro time, you know? Bro. Bro, yeah? No. Brian? All right, that's uh, <laughs> that's the uh, reduction quality that you can come to expect from us. All right. Nice. So next up, we got Phil. Um, and last, last week, you did not know what Phil did. So you you you, you investigated, right? Oh, yeah, of course I did. Yeah. So, yeah, like last week I was un it was unclear to me uh, what Phil's role was here at the company. Uh, OK, Bash Bros. But uh, 
you know, I, I was like, look, I, I don't want to embarrass myself again on the yeah. podcast by not knowing what Phil did. So um, I, I spent a little bit of time, uh, you know, looking. Brian, just looking tell us what it. he does. Yeah. Okay. Can you just but, please tell us what he does. <laughs> so then we have a lot of casting. So that's members. Phil. Uh, so who's the next who's next up on our casting crew? Brian, did you really not figure out what Phil does? Are you just stalling? What? All right, Phil, no. if you oh can message God. us on, uh, through Patreon to let us know what you do, we can get you in. Fully with the cast and crew, BBD is being useless. Wow, right, Brian. Next up, we got Wapa, who is my personal barista, and that is great because coffee is life. Uh, coffee is keeping me through these COVID days, these quarantine days. Uh, without it, I don't know what I'd do. So thank you, Wapa, for your continued support and love of coffee, just like myself. Yeah. Okay. So next up we got Max and that's Corey's linguistic coach. And you know what? Words are not my favorite. So, um, this isn't everything that, you know, coffee so brings what to is you. your favorite? Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely higher on coffee. Um, coffee you know, your favorite. I, 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 it's higher than, you know, the work that Max does for me, but, uh, you know, he, he's helping me out a lot. So I, I, I can't, uh, you know, really hate on the job. I've been a perfect speaker uh since max came around so yeah well and, that's not true but who's next brian <laughs> all right well th this one's gonna be right up brad's alley because i know i know brad was watching national treasure um and so we yeah. actually we actually have adham and he's uh he's ghost rider ghost um, <laughs> so and also nicholas cage movie um so yeah that's that's uh that's adham Wow. <laughs> well I, i'm glad adham i didn't know that you were a a superhero but uh that's awesome Oh, sorry. It says Ghost Writer. Uh, my bad. Oh, yeah. That uh, do you need sense. a linguistic coach? I don't. Because Max can head your way. I don't need a linguistic coach because I actually knew it the whole time. Adham just wrote that part in for me to say. What a funny guy. Wow. Yeah, great guy. Wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it was pretty weird that Adham wrote in and misspoke during all the shilling at the end and then wrote in Brad making fun of me for shilling. That that was a weird direction for we Adam get, to we take. Get, we get meta here. Yeah, it's, we get yeah. meta. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's too yeah. many levels. Don't try to think about it. It'll, it'll break your brain. Yeah, maybe yeah, one of fair. these days the light bulb will turn on. Next up, David Watt, our special <laughs> guest screener. Uh, maybe the light bulb will turn on for him one of these days, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's already on and at about 60% efficiency. I don't really get it because, uh, you know, we told David last week, we're like, we're really getting sick of this uh, BBD guy. And uh, and we we want to know uh, if we could get Gino on the podcast. And uh, David Watts said, yeah, I'll go take a look and we'll, we'll vet Gino and figure it out. And uh, I thought that that was going to happen, but it's not. Uh, Corey, did you get any news? Yeah, actually, I heard an updated reason why Gino Batista could not be on the cast. And, uh, you know, he was at a friend of a friend's wedding, but now on the way back, flight got delayed and just couldn't make it back in time for the oh, wedding or couldn't make it back in time for the podcast. So oh, yeah. and it was a friend of a friend of a friend's wedding. So it's not even like a trip you really want to go on. And yet you still get delayed. Uh, I every time I've but ever hey, flight delays suck. Flight delays do suck. But Gino did say the wedding was great. Well, that's great. Now, next yeah. up, we've got Patrick, who is the office party coordinator. Now, um, mm. I have given Patrick this week off, um, just so you know, because I want to throw an awesome party Sunday night after I win the Mythic Invitational. And by awesome party, I mean nothing will change. I'll lay on the couch and watch John Oliver. Oh, oh, so you're having a lame party just like the office. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> I get it. 
Sam Prudhomme, South Carolina University, <laughs> EVP personal fitness trainer. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, that was so good. All right, Jeremy Jeldy. I don't even want to ruin it. It was so perfect. Jeremy Jeldy, the assistant to the assistant regional manager. What is up, Jer? Uh, nice talking to you this week. We had a wonderful conversation. Talked about a lot of things. None of that actually happened. All right, Keith Trojanowski, <laughs> North Dakota, state of MU. All right, just kidding. Oh, that's just reminding me of that. Uh, what was it? A Key and Peel episode? East West Bowl. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That just had me cracking me up. Okay. Anyways, uh, Keith Trojanowski is our unpaid intern. Does a lot of work. A God, lot of work I, around I, I here. I heard got a raise. Uh, double. Got, got the, Actually got did double doubled. zero. Double, double doubled zero. Yeah. So is still at zero. So good job to Keith. Keep up the great work. Speaking of zero, we're a little short on Coke Zero. Can you mind running out to 7-Eleven, Keith? Uh, okay. Uh, Philippos Galanis is the Ass Bros podcast liaison. Uh, Shitty job. Yeah. Don't really understand it either. No, I don't, actually. Mm. Not, no part of it makes any sense to me. Nope. Uh, because I've never affiliated or been affiliated with the Ass Bros podcast in the role of special guest or host in any way, shape, or form. So to me, this position is weird. Don't get it at all. <laughs> you all right. might not have been on it, but it's been on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, next up, we got Time Ghoul, who is BBD's resident personal massage therapist. Now, Brian, how 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 happy do you get in these massage therapy sessions? Uh, you know, to start out, it's I'm not very I'm usually a little upset, frustrated, angry, but but by the end, uh, I'm very happy. Great. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Oh, good to know. All right. Next up, we got Paul Kak. Sarowski, and that is a BBD's wall staring photographer. After he is feeling a lot better with those massages, you know, he does his favorite activity and that is staring at walls. So we always have a photographer to capture those beautiful moments. Yeah. Spoiler alerts. We're actually actually <laughs> foreshadowing. Alert. Brian right. might be a photographer. Ooh. Ooh. Nobody knows what you mean. No, they don't. So, All right. So, so everyone keep this in mind forever until it makes sense. And it never will. All right. And it never will. <laughs> we got uh, we got Laura Roar, who is actually our CEO. Yep. Now, yep. Laura had made some unpopular decisions as a fledgling CEO. Uh, but has rectified those and uh, is starting to make some more popular choices, largely related to Diet Pepsi, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm. So honestly, great work. Can't uh, nothing bad to say here. Uh, I don't know. Laura did want to pay the unpaid intern. Ooh, yeah, that was a in Diet Pepsi's, I believe. And empty. I'm not. Yeah, we're really trying to cut costs. and. Um, so we, yeah, we might have to reconsider that. Yeah, position, those are the but, unpopular yeah. decisions, but that they, they've been all reversed. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Next up, we got Jason Florent, who is Corey's arch nemesis. Uh, mm. <laughs> added a great Carol Baskins uh, meme in the Discord about you. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. Yeah, he he compared me to Carol Bastron, and honestly, I've never been more honored because she fucking won in the end. I don't know if anyone saw that. So. I don't know. Uh, I just wrote. Well, she's now the- on Dancing with the Stars. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, 
and so my career is going to be over in no time. <laughs> I, need, I need to uh, I need to take a note of the time here to so we can get uh, get uh, uh, Max some notes here because it, it's Carol Baskins, not Baston, Corey. Ah, shit. We're going to have to talk to Max again. I'm my my language was perfect up until this moment, so I guess I'm regressing a little bit. But anyway, yeah, you're really next uh, basking up, in that victory there, Brad. I really am. Next up, we got Spoon Tongue, and that is BBD's body hair stylist. Still such a rough job, but you know what? Spoon Tongue, you know, just just does the best they can. It's actually a pretty smooth job. All right. So it is. Eric Null. <laughs> last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last we got Eric Null. Overseas Trash Bros representative. Um, not a lot of work lately for Eric. The only thing that he is currently representing that's trash is this episode of the podcast. So, oh, harsh, harsh burn. Uh, yeah, all savage right. well, burn. That, that is the cast and crew, everyone. I want to thank the cast and crew so much. We really appreciate the support here on the Bash Bros podcast. If you want to be a part of the cast and crew and let us riff on your fun job, feel free to head over to patreon.com slash Bash Bros podcast, maybe, and support us by giving us $5 for the tier, I believe. Uh, and then you'll be a part of the cast and crew. Did I nail that, Brad? No, that's not even close to at all. Do you never listen? You know, I usually have to pee so bad by this point that I'm actually gone. Uh, but sometimes insanity. when I'm here... Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I got pretty close. I'll have, to, right. I'll have to teach you the family business one of these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad handles the finances. I'm just the, I'm the brains, the bronze, the beauty, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'll, I'll get on that other stuff, Brad. I'm the hired thug. Yeah, you're the hired thug. So I want to thank BBD and so much. I, for I don't being... have to fucking do this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, with that, we're out. Yeah. All right, everyone. I want to thank BBD for being on the cast and I want to wish you both good luck in the Mythic Invitational this weekend. And uh, any last closing thoughts, boys? We'll see you on the 20th for the Bash Rose Battles. Well, Brad, are we not going to have a podcast next week? Oh, yeah, we will. But real quick, everyone, uh, we'll be sending out weekly the passcode for that so you can register. And yeah, and also, and also one last thing, we are going to be doing our mini-sodes. Don't worry, they're not gone for all seven of you that watch them. We are just going to be doubling up next week uh, because this is a really busy week for all of us. So uh, sorry about that, and we'll get some extra content. It's not busy for Brian, uh, for that right? too, it's as well. just Corey. It's Corey's fault. Blame Corey. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>